Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. There's a new adventure park in the Lansing area that will thrill beyond belief. It's high caliber karting, and it offers a high quality experience. It's time for bird lovers to head to the Sleeping Bear Dunes, where you can see up close and personal, the piping plovers. Some of the world's best golfers are coming to the Midland area soon for the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational, and jazz is back in Ypsilanti. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Happy to be back with you again this week as we look into places and people that you will meet, want to meet along the way as you travel around the beautiful state of Michigan, a place we call Pure Michigan, and a place that uh, we all need to explore more than we have, especially these last couple of years. Isn't it true we've missed going to these places? We've missed seeing all these people. So let's get out there this season and really enjoy ourselves. And speaking of enjoying yourself, our first guest is going to tell us about a place where if you are not smiling within a minute after you get there, you're not paying attention. We're going to go to High Caliber Karting and Entertainment in Okemos. This is in the Lansing area to find out about uh, all the, the new things that are happening at High Caliber Karting and Entertainment. Jordan Munsters is with us, the uh, Chief Fort Officer with High Caliber <laughs> Karting. Uh, Jordan, uh, it's good to talk to you. It's been too long. Thanks for having me, Dave. Uh, you have such a wonderful entry into this. It just makes me smile. Uh, well, I tell you, uh, we've been there. Let's see. I've been there a couple of times. And I was there the first time with the Under the Radar TV crew for PBS as we were doing a show. Yeah. And then uh, I came there over the holidays with our entire team as a group kind of networking gathering experience you have it all there and you've continued to expand so tell us about the operation what we can expect when we head uh, there to uh, okamas to check it out okay so when you first visited we had eighty thousand square feet yep so inside of that we've got two high-speed indoor go-kart tracks so these are italian go-karts capable of speeds of 50 miles an hour just it, it'll wear you out with the g-forces yeah. if you if you can really push it true <laughs> um with with that we also have a system called combat karting we're the only people in the world that have this um so everybody's pretty much familiar with mario kart it's pretty much that um so when you race around the track you have a heads-up display that shows you weapons power-ups shields you shoot the other cards that lights them up they physically slow down let you pass them you get a shield that allows you to deflect shots there's targets that when you shoot them, fog blasts off in the air. It gives you special weapons so you can hit everybody. Um, our goal was to build real-life Mario Kart, and this is about as similar as we can get. We also have a restaurant, a bar over in this 80,000 square feet, two rage rooms, which is you can go into, and you've got these different tools like sledgehammers, baseball bats, crowbars. You get to smash stuff like TVs and recycled uh, glass and 
um, just really anything that you want. You can even bring your own stuff in, just kind of let out some of the stress the last couple of years has built up in people. <laughs> um, we also have a 42-piece arcade, so tons of different arcade games available for everybody. And then these two tables that are called pocket soccer tables, which is it's like pool, but they're like 15-foot by 10-foot tables that you do with it. You actually play it with these soccer, by, soccer ball-sized pool balls, and you use your feet. Um, there's two VIP rooms over there, actually three. We're finishing up the third one right now. Uh, that you can host company outings in, bachelor parties, birthday parties. We get a lot of that stuff here. But when we were building this all out, we actually signed the contract about two weeks for a 25,000-square-foot expansion before the shutdown hit us, which was wonderful because, honestly, we finished it up right about the time everybody started coming back, and everybody really needed to reach Oh, yeah, right. And in that 25,000-square-foot, it is gorgeous. We brought in 67 different local artists to do everything from a – 140 foot mural on the outside of the building to each individual platform. We have uh, bowling over there. So football bowling uh, it, uh, started in Hamtrak and here in Michigan, it's kind of propagated across the country, really popular, but all the platforms are decorated by local artists. We traveled around during COVID and uh, dropped off these platforms with the artists because they didn't have anything going on and did a big contest and uh, public voting and everything. So we, you know, it's got all their placards and everything there, but um, throughout the facility, it's, I mean, we have real trees hanging from the ceiling. It is just a breathtaking space. You mentioned just, some of the attractions you have there and the fact that you have a bar, uh, you didn't mention ax mm-hmm. throwing. So bars, ax throwing seems like a perfect yeah, combination, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> uh, nothing could go wrong there, but, but I have to tell you with our group, we did the ax throwing and I'm used to working with chainsaws and axes on my wooded property. Um, I found that very easy. And it's like the only thing that I could kind of say was athletic that I could really say I was good at. So I can't wait to check it out again. Yeah, we've got 16 lanes of axe drawing with this like lounge style seating with uh, trees hanging from the ceiling. But the reason why it was found it easy is we have a different target than what you'll find anywhere else in the, in the world. It's uh, There's 49 six by six blocks that we have this big guillotine that compresses them together like you're hitting the end grain. Most axe throwing rooms, you're hitting a board. So the axe has to be perfectly uh, perpendicular. You can't cut across the grains. It wears out. It, you go through a lot of wood. It's very wasteful. So we built this whole setup that it's a, we call it the end grain target. And we actually project the images on it. So you can do um, tic-tac-toe, connect four. We gamified the whole aspect. So very different than what you'll find in other it's, action I have places. to tell you, it is just such a great place. Uh, and, and I have to find more about this gamified go-karting experience because <laughs> going 50 miles per hour or something like that through all those windy tracks, I was dizzy after about seven or eight laps. And I tried this against you. Big mistake. Hey, we're going to run out of time, Jordan. Um, tell us where you are located. So we are at the Meridian Mall in Okemos, Michigan. Uh, so we're on the north side of that 105,000-square-foot anchor location there. It's, uh, it's, and you've taken up quite, quite a big corner of that mall. Uh, and I think yeah. what you are doing there is going to be replicated all throughout the country and throughout the world, frankly, because, as we all know, people aren't going to malls like they used to, not to shop like we used to because of, you know, the opportunity to buy things online and whatever. So uh, you need to check this out. Here's the website. Do some exploring uh, before you go and then go and have a heck of a good time. It's High Caliber Carting. Dot com And that's carting with a K. So our thanks to Jordan Munsters from High Caliber Carting and Entertainment in Okemos. Can't wait to uh, return back and have a great time. We're going to head up to Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org.
It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. I've told you before how much I enjoy being able to get out there in the communities, talking to people along the way, um, seeing new things, uh, going to new places. And, and I've been to Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore countless times. I can't go there enough, frankly, because it's such a great deal of fun. But last year, Uh, I was in the area, and we were doing uh, some TV segments for the Under the Radar TV show with Tom Dalton and Jim Edelman. And we actually wanted to kind of get off the, you know, the main route where most people go when they go to Sleeping Bear Dunes. You know, most people drive through. They take that, that that beautiful drive through uh, the forested dune lands. And it truly is a, a beautiful drive, pure stocking drive. And then you, you get up to the top of the uh, dunes and you see these beautiful, beautiful views of Lake Michigan, these turquoise and blues and can't even describe how beautiful it is. It's really a, a great deal of fun. But if you want to hike around, you really should go with somebody who knows the area because there is great variety, even within that one park, of what you might want to experience. So let's talk to a professional who offers tours in the area, an outdoor educator uh, of Sleeping Bear Tour Co. is the name of the company. We're going to talk to Julie Denial. She is uh, an outdoor educator, a tour guide, and really knows her stuff. I'm going to ask Julie about some really cool things about the piping plovers, but first want to find out about some of the tour opportunities and hiking opportunities. Julie, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Dave. I appreciate the opportunity. And the Great Lake Piping Plovers are here for the Pure Michigan Airtime. Yeah, they sure are. And and, and uh, that's a really neat thing that piping plovers are, um, are actually nest there. It's a great place, too, because they can get some protection. I'll be asking you about that in a little bit. Uh, let's first talk a little bit about that tour that we took last year. It was one of those days where you just didn't know what the weather was going to do, so we ended up getting rain. But we still were able to get out there a little bit, see some of the area. And and I guess I was surprised to learn about the little lakes that are around that area, which I'd never really thought of before as we were hiking through. Tell us about some of the places that you take people on on your hiking tours. So you were actually on our wilderness hike. Our wilderness hike encompasses uh, five miles within wilderness lands of Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. It gets you off the main drag. We're not going to pass 300 people on our hike. You're going to have quiet little time in the forest where we will uh, explore these hidden inland wonders that we have. Loons will be nesting. Anishinaabe culture is is rich within these lands. Native springs, native plants. Um, right, right now we have wildflowers. So always something new every season. Um, it's a person's opportunity to explore public lands that have been untrammeled by humans. So there are areas where you will not have signage, you will not have rubbish, uh, rubbish receptacles, uh, picnic tables. It's just pristine forest. So it's a, a wonderful opportunity for Michigan explorers to come up and uh, view the dunes. There's more than than sand in Sleeping Bear Dunes. There's yeah. forests. There, there's shores, there's uh, fields, there's there's lots of other things. Yeah, it's funny you say that that way because it, now that I think about it, it really was more of a rustic experience than than uh, what I was used to with Sleeping Bear Dunes. The great thing about a national shoreline is that it's managed and it's protected, but sometimes that means 
um, you know, um, you know, paved sidewalks through the woods or whatever. In this case, that was all wilderness, and that was a cool experience. Do you offer a variety of those tours, and do you go to a variety of places then? We focus during the summer months of one trail within Sleeping Bear. We eliminate, um, we don't go every day. We don't take large groups. They're very small and private hikes. We don't take 50 people down a trail every day. That would uh, disrupt the environment. That's not our goal. Um, But we do offer other hikes that are not within wilderness. We do a shore hike, which encompasses inland lakes, wetlands, and then to the shores of beautiful Lake Michigan. And then we also have a dune hike. Don't worry, we're not going to make you climb a dune. Hmm. We're going to walk around the dune, and we're just going to uh, focus on life and how that dune was formed, uh, and then take you also into the forest and explore a little bit of the shore. It's a little of everything uh, for all generations it's uh flat level trails we have a great time everyone will have a a fun time well we sure did and and, you know we're all concerned about uh, our endangered species especially Uh, we want to make sure that those endangered species come off that list one of them that has been of great concern over the years is the piping plover. It's a beautiful little bird, very unique little bird. It uh, nests along our shorelines. And as we've become you know, more populated and more homes along shorelines, it's been endangered. And the Great Lakes piping plover is nesting on Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. And you're offering tours for us to get you know, somewhat up close in a safe way without endangering them. Tell us about that tour. This is the first opportunity for a Michigan residents, the public, the travelers, the pure Michigan visitors to come and view the Great Lakes piping plover. It is, uh, has been on the endangered species list since 1986. It's has always lived here on these lands. Uh, There was approximately, historically, about 500 nesting pairs per year. In 1990, those nesting pairs were down to 13, all within the state of Michigan. So Mm. yay, Michigan. Um, We need to continue protecting them. They have been increasing in numbers, still highly protected. Uh, The partnerships between the Great Lakes Piping Plover Conservation Team manages National Park Service, Fish and Wildlife, universities, Detroit Zoo, Great Lakes tribes, and countless individuals are involved in protecting them. So this year, we've uh, thrown our name into that protective uh, canopy and take people out, try to educate them. What can you do to assist in uh, their managed care going forward? And also have a fantastic time. They are just adorable little shorebirds, very uh charismatic they sing to you they'll run right past you it's great for kids it's a up close and personal opportunity yeah they are skittier skittier little things they just kind of just kind of kind of run by you at times and and they do funny things if they think you're getting close to their nest they'll kind of lure you away i've actually never seen one of their nests are they in the sand or in the grasses So they do nest in the sand off the shore. The National Park Service does such a fantastic job corning off the area. Uh, We will not get close to any nest. Bring your binoculars. Mm -hmm. They are in the sand mixed in with the cobblestones. So they're very difficult to visualize. Even when you're walking, looking for them, they're very difficult to find. That's why they're highly endangered because uh, people, you know, will accidentally get near them. 
just the motion of your presence disturbs them. So having this large area uh, blocked off is really fantastic and aids the protection. Well, I'm sure that the park could use a little uh, support in uh, their protection. Is there a website people can go to if they want to help out in some way? So the best place you could go, and it also gives you up-to-date information on who's in the area, who's breeding. Uh, each pair has a little background history. You actually can connect with each individual pair. And that you would want to go to greatlakespipingplover.org. That is uh, operated by the conservation team of the Great Lakes Piping Plover, who helped manage all of the care and protection within the state of Michigan and the Great Lakes. I'll uh, try that one more time. That's a mouthful. It's the Great Lakes Piping Plover dot org. That is correct. Yeah, very good. And of course, if you want to learn more about uh, the fantastic tours that Julie provide, you should go to her website as well. It's um, easy to get to sleepingbeartourco.com. I like the way she put co as in C-O. SleepingBearTourCo.com is the website. And our thanks to Julie Denial uh, for uh, telling us all about these fun tours. You, you need to get to Sleeping Bear Dunes this year. If you've never been there before, make sure to uh, take a tour with Julie and then take that drive up uh, Pierce Stocking Drive. And then there are other places where you can get into the dunes in a variety of other ways. It's a real national treasure and it's in our backyard. So check it out. Another treasure is Dow Gardens. We're going to go there next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. If there's one thing that we saw uh, during the COVID period that really changed in the state of Michigan at summertime, it was the amount of time that people were spending on golf courses. I mean, it's amazing to see how many people went out and discovered golf often for the first time or rediscovered it as the great pleasurable and uh, sometimes very frustrating activity that that golfing can be. And I'm really happy to say that, hey, we're back out there on the golf courses again this year. And uh, really happy, really, really happy to tell you that a lot of our events are back as well. So we're going to find out what's happening this year with uh, plans for the uh, upcoming Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational Classic that's going to be coming up uh, July 10th through 16th. To tell us all about that, let's bring in Chris Chandler from Dow, from the uh, Great Lakes Bay Invitational. Is he is the executive director? Chris, it's good to have you on the program. Hey, Dave, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. You bet. Uh, now, I know you've been spending some time on the golf course yourself, even though I'm sure you have been working since the last event to get this one going. So uh, I, I have so many questions to ask. Let's just get to the simple ones first. Where is this event happening? And then confirm the date again. Yeah, hey, Dave. I, I have been playing golf and uh, finally getting some nice weather here in Michigan. Uh, the event is happening at Midland Country Club, and it'll be the week of July 10 through 16. Uh, and this is an official LPGA tournament. So we will have 72 two-player teams, so 144 total players coming in. 
and uh, they will be competing for a $2.5 million purse. Wow. Uh, now, the golf course itself, for people who have never seen it before, I've been to the, the, the clubhouse and such. It's beautiful, beautiful place. And we've seen a little bit of the course. Describe the course itself. Are we talking mostly kind of a flatlander course? Do we have a lot of elevation here and there, a lot of sand? Uh, describe that course. Yeah, Dave, it's kind of a old school, what I would call old school country club layout. Uh, MCC Midland Country Club has been around since 1929. And uh, so it's, it's actually only sits on about 95 acres. Uh, so it's a very small golf course footprint, which means that it's pretty narrow and it's pretty tight. It's not super long. Uh, the fairways are all pretty much tree-lined. It's a very walkable golf course, actually, for, for guests and people to come out to play. Uh, but it's a fun course, and it's challenging. It's a par 70, uh, so a little. it's only on one par 5 on each side, which makes it a par 70. Uh, but it's a fun little golf course, and yes, a spectacularly beautiful uh, clubhouse there. How does it lay out for spectators who are going to be there? I know, like, for instance, at Oakland uh, Hills, uh, they, they have this you know, pretty sprawling campus, so to speak. A lot of places to put up stands and whatever. How, how does that work uh, at the uh, Midland course? Yeah, what's what's interesting is that with that small footprint, uh, we've got to pack the grandstands and stuff in. Um, but what's cool is that I don't think there's a spot on course that you could stand that you can't see at least two or three holes at a time. So from a fan spectator perspective, it's one of the best golf tournaments you'll ever go to from that perspective. Um, but we put up uh, lots of public uh, bleachers around. So there's lots of great spots for fans to come out and watch. There are some upgraded tickets available for people to purchase uh, where you can get food and beverage and stuff included. Uh, but yeah, it's a very, very family friendly event and lots of places to see golf. I've attended these events both, um, as kind of like a, a walker where I kind of walk around and follow a couple of players. And I've also, you know, been at these events where I stay at, uh, one of your, your, your tent locations and you have all the, you know, the food and all that spectacular. It's both experiences are a lot of fun. And I know you're offering uh, both of these experiences for this event. Let, let's talk about uh, the ladies who will be uh, playing. You haven't really announced the uh, players who are going to be there yet. It's going to be coming any day now. But uh, give us an idea of the caliber of player who will be in Midland for this event. Yeah, uh, right now we've got uh, quite a few players signed up to follow follow along on our social channels, uh, Dow GLBI on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And you can uh, see uh, see all the pairings that are coming out. But typically we've had, uh, I think last year we had 44 of the top 50 mm. women in the world come out and play. Uh, so this has been a, a popular destination for them to come out. I mean, we are one of the highest purses on tour. Uh, so we so we pay the most uh, for in prize money. We've got this unique team format where they actually get to choose their own partner. So we don't we don't make pairings. They get to choose who they want to play with, which is pretty interesting. We've we've had several uh, sisters on tour uh, pair up. Lots of friends and teammates pair up. Um, so you'll see that happening. So it's a fun format. They actually play uh, two different formats throughout the week. So on Wednesday they'll play alternate shot, which means they uh, only one ball is in play. 
So one person will hit the tee shot, the next person hits the next shot, the next person hits the next shot. So uh, it's a very interesting wow. format to play. And then on Thursday, they play uh, what's called best ball, where each player plays their own ball through the hole, and then they'll take the best score. So, Dave, if you get a four and I get a five, they'll use your four as their score, as their team score for that hole. Uh, and then we make a cut down to the top 36 teams in ties after Thursday. And then on Friday, they'll play alternate shot again. And then on Saturday, they'll play uh, best ball again uh, for the championship. And we're super excited. Uh, the first three rounds this year, Wednesday through Friday, will all be uh, live on Golf Channel for three hours a day. So you can catch the coverage there. And then on Saturday, uh, we'll be live finishing up on CBS. Uh, nice. I I used to play about three times a week, and I got to the point where I thought, eh, I'm getting pretty good at this. And then I was invited to do some of these uh, pre-event outings with some of the players, and almost always LPGA or Symmetra Tour players. And then I realized, no, I'm not getting any, any better than I was, because <laughs> it is amazing to see how these ladies can swing those clubs and how effortless they make it look. I think I enjoy watching the LPGA more than the PGA players because it is about finesse. It's not as much about uh, strength, I guess. And, and it's just it's a blast to watch the skill of these players. Yeah, if you've got any golf knowledge or, or experience at all, it, it's pretty unbelievable to watch them. You're right, Dave. And, you know, what's interesting is that the LPGA players, like you said, they're, they're more relatable uh, for the average golfer to watch. You know, a lot of players on the LPGA Tour from 150 yards are, are hitting an 8 or maybe even a 7 iron, which is, you know, pretty comparable to what I would say an average golfer is out there. And so it's, uh, it, it is really fun to watch them hit the ball and just how good they are and how it sounds off the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's a reason they're, they're the best in the world and they're playing on the LPGA Tour for millions of dollars every year. So, But it, it, it is a fun event to come out and watch. And you know what's, what's really nice, too, is the women are very engaging with fans, too. Um, you won't see one of them that doesn't stop after 18. We've got a little autograph zone area there for kids and people to come out and get autographs. And every single lady <clears throat> will stop and do autographs yeah. for as many people that are there uh, after their round. They'll engage with them. Um, matter of fact, people that play in our pro-am on Tuesday that have played in men's and women's pro-ams have said, man, the women are just phenomenal to play with, just super engaging and friendly and down to earth. And um, yeah, so they're just, they're just good people beyond being obviously the world's uh, best, best athletes for golf too. Well, it's how you get people into the game as well. You start out with kids and, and, you know, you can just see it in their eyes when they see these players up close and personal and they just say, well, I want to be just like her. You know, it's pretty cool. So there, there are a bunch of youth activities. I know a bunch of other kind of give back opportunities. You do this kind of eat great food festival. That's part of it goes all week. Can you tell me about that as well? Yeah, so there's uh, what's called the Eat Great uh, Food Trail on site. It's an upgraded ticket you can buy for $45. Uh, come out and get all-inclusive food and beverage. There's uh, four different hospitality viewing structures with that ticket. And then for kids, there's all kinds of stuff to do. Um, we're going to have this big tour bus this year. It's called Creators Wanted. Uh, that's a uh, digital uh, escape room experience. We're going to have a large STEM center where kids are going to come out and interact with science, technology, engineering, and math exhibits. The first tee will be on site so kids can 
can uh, hit hit some golf balls and test their skills on on some punting uh, games that we have. There's an autograph area for kids to get autographs, and then of course concessions, food, and everything all around. Kids 17 and under get in free. General admission tickets are ten dollars, uh, so a family of four can you know in theory come out for twenty bucks and have uh, have a really fun day. It's going to be a great time. It's July 10th through 16th in Midland, the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational. The website is dowglbi.com. And I want to thank Chris Chandler for being with us today. Uh, I I have to tell you, this is an event you're going to want to be at and bring the family. They're going to have a great time. We're going to head to Ypsilanti next to find out about the new jazz concert series here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. There's nothing like uh, all the variety of experiences you can enjoy as you go around Pure Michigan. We, we we have such a diverse place. This the state of ours. You know, great natural, you know, just un- abundant uh, nature. But I mean, great natural areas, really interesting cities, and diverse people and interests all over the state. I I love Michigan for this reason. And you think about it, we have this culture of manufacturing, of agriculture, of tourism, and of music. I think a lot of people think of Michigan first for music because of our music heritage. So I'm really happy that we get to learn about a relatively new event. It's coming to the Ypsilanti area. It's the Ypsilanti Jazz Concert Series, and it is happening this summer through I think early fall. Let's find out about it by bringing in John Lawrence, the festival organizer. John, it's great to have you on the program. All right. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing all right. I'm really looking forward to hearing about this series of performances that you're bringing back to Ypsilanti. You did this for the first time last year, right? Yes, I did. I did it last year. And last year it was called um, the John E. Lawrence Frog Island Jazz Series. Um, because I was going to host it at Frog Island Park in uh, Depot Town. But um, uh, this year, I moved it to a larger location. Um, It's actually going to be at Ford Lake Park, and it's in the township. And so I had to change the name because I didn't want to confuse people. Yeah. But now it's called the John E. Lawrence Summer Jazz Series. Well, it's going to be a great, and that's a beautiful venue. So I, I can't wait to uh, to see that myself. Uh, let's get uh, into a little bit of the background here. What what uh, what brought this idea up? I mean, how did you start doing this? Okay, that's a good question. Um, last year, uh, we had um, just got out of the uh, the COVID uh, lockdown, and um, <clears throat> and I was thinking it would be nice to do a free concert for the city of Ypsilanti. You you know, I'm born and raised in Ypsilanti. And uh, it's just my way of saying thank you to to the city for all of their support over the years. And what happened was I I got to thinking, I said, well, maybe I can check with the mayor and maybe we can even make it instead of one concert, maybe we can make it a summer long series. And I 
uh, asked her, is, is it possible? Is it something we can do? And she said, let me check and run it by, you know, uh, some people. And, uh, uh, and, and she got back with me. Um, and, and she said, yes, you can do it. You can do it. I would hope uh, so. It just, it, well, it sounds like it's, you know, great for music lovers like us and for the community as well. Now you're a guitarist yourself, aren't you? Yeah, I've been playing guitar for <laughs> since I was nine. I'm 67. I just turned 67 May 4th. So, and I still practice every day. Um, and what's what's um, amazing is I'm still learning and I'm still growing every day. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, I, everybody is. We just sometimes don't know it. So it's it's good right. good to know. So yeah. so so this series it's going to be more than one show. Uh, are you going to be performing in in any of the series performances? Yes, I I usually open up the first number. It's kind of like how the the format they did on the, on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson will come out and do his uh, monologue first, yeah. and then he'll bring out the acts. So my monologue is not going to be talking. I'm going to mm-hmm. open up every show with the uh, the featured band, and I'll do one song, and then I'll introduce the band and introduce the featured artists. So I will open up each one, but I also have my own night. Um, where my band is going to perform, and that's going to be uh, July um, the fourth, the fourth one in July. So that's going to be July twenty second, and um, then I'll, I'll play with my my entire band and nice. have the night to ourselves. Nice. Of course, there there are different uh, versions of jazz. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what what uh, is this going to be a, a wide variety of uh, jazz versions mm-hmm. or or one style? Yeah, it's going to be pretty much one style. And that style is a smooth jazz style. Um, and the reason why I'm doing it that way is because there's enough jazz festivals around that play, you know, the avant-garde, the straight ahead, and uh, you know, traditional jazz. And I said, let me just uh, give some people something different to to, to uh, listen to. And so I, I thought about the smooth jazz, and really that's um, the kind of jazz I played best anyway uh I, I play guitar and i've and I, I studied all different styles of music um but I, i've always been uh, i was raised on motown i was raised on r&b and then i got into jazz um in my tw- early 20s and so i um <clears throat> i uh so to me it's like a mixture of r&b so it's music that you can you can dance to you can groove to um but yet, it still has that element of jazz to it, that improvisational aspect, and and a good feel. It has a good feel to it. The difference between, um, to me, between traditional jazz, straight ahead jazz, and smooth jazz is the fact that uh, straight ahead jazz has a swing to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke Ellington had a song called "It Don't Mean a Thing." It's oh, got yeah. that swing, and and today's uh, smooth jazz that translates in, into translates into um, it ain't gonna make you move if it don't have that groove. <laughs> so it's got to have a groove to it. <laughs> I, you know, it just seems like that's a perfect type of music to be laying along the grass at Ford Lake Park, listening to on a, a beautiful evening. How many how many performances are you anticipating uh, to offer this year? We're gonna do ten, and and it's gonna start July first. And it's going to go all the way through Labor Day weekend, uh, uh, September twenty, uh, September second. Now, do people get tickets in advance? Uh, do you just show up? Uh, how, how does that? Uh, how is that going to be handled? 
That's a good question. It's actually free. One of the things I wanted to do was make my concerts free to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, like I said, they had just lifted the restrictions of uh, last year, and people could come around and, and be out in public um, and in bigger crowds. And so um, after being uh, shut in for so long, I figured it would be a nice way for the community to come back together and see old friends, see people you haven't, uh, you know, seen in years. Even family members came out, you know, and it was amazing to see. Um, it was like a, a, a all class reunion, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it was, it was just you could see people need to be around people, and um, and so the, the you could see the. the gratitude in everybody's faces and the amazement because it is free but it i didn't want to sacrifice quality yeah i wanted to give the, the, the citizens of the, of the community uh first class entertainment so i had i had people whose music is being played on on the radio today um and if their top they're, they're, most of them have had number one or been at number one in the top charts or the billboard charts. And so I wanted to give them the, the best that I could give them. And I wanted to, I didn't want to cut cost on the stage or the sound equipment. I wanted it to be the same quality as if you were going to a paid concert and, um, and you know, you have to pay a hundred dollars or more to get in, but they're all free. That's uh, that happens to be my favorite uh, price that that free yeah. free price, so I'm looking forward to it myself. So it starts July 1st, goes through September 2nd. It's going to be at Ford Lake Park in Ypsilanti, just off the expressway there. So uh, easy to find. Here's the website uh, for people to uh, go to to find out more. It's John E. Lawrence Jazz. Dot com that uh, Lawrence is spelled L A W R E N C E. So John E. Lawrence Jazz dot com. I'm going to go to this website today and learn more so I can head out there this summer and enjoy it as well. John, thank you so much for being with us today and thank you for putting on this series for Ypsilanti. Really makes a difference. Well, folks, that's all the time we're going to have for this week's Travel Michigan show. We'll be back with you next week with some other recommendations and where you can go right here in Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling.